0: Well, today we have demons and baptisms and backroom plots and a riot. It is going to be a busy day, so let's get to it. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. Join me as we dive into episode 120 today. That feels some like a milestone. I don't know why it shouldn't be, but it does. 120 episodes today. And we're going to pray our way through chapter 19 of the book of Acts. But before we do that, we're going to open with a bit of worship from Acts 19, verses 4 through 6. Acts 19, 4 through 6. And it says this, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one who would come after him. That is Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in tongues and to prophesy. All right, let's dive into some worship. Father, I picked these verses today because I just want to acknowledge who you are and worship you as Messiah. Jesus, you are the one who came after John and made it possible for us to receive the Holy Spirit, to be reconciled with the Father. You have done more for us than we can possibly imagine or understand. And I just want to honor you and worship you for that this morning. We thank you for that sacrifice on our behalf, and we worship you as Messiah. We also thank you, Holy Spirit, for being the one that comes into our world and helps us live this life that we're living. You make so much possible in our lives, and I so appreciate your work within us and through us in the world. Thank you for that today, and I ask that as we go through this time that you would guide my thoughts, guide my speech, open the scriptures to us, and let this be pleasing to you. Let our words be pleasing to you and work through them, not only to change our hearts so that we look more and more like Jesus, but also to make a difference in the world through your work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're in Acts 19 today. We have A lot of interesting stories in this chapter, and it's long, so I'm going to probably be reading a little bit more than I'm praying this morning. But I wanted to explain a couple of contextual things before we jump in. As Corinth was known for sexual immorality, and we talked about Corinthianize was like a verb. So was Ephesus known for its magic, its spells, and its potions? The magic spells produced in the city of Ephesus were some of the best, and there were a lot of people who would go around selling these to guarantee health and wealth and power and happiness. And the amount mentioned when we start talking about them burning their scrolls, their their magic stuff, the amount mentioned was 50,000 drachmas, or I think this text says 50,000 pieces of silver. That was an obscene amount of money. It was about two months wages for a thousand people. This was a lot of very valuable stuff in that day. Also, when we get to be talking about the Temple of Artemis in Ephesus, that was one of the seven wonders of the world. It wasn't just some small-town shack temple. It was a big deal and a huge part of the life of the Ephesians, not only in their worship and practices, but also in tourism. Lots and lots and lots of people came to see that temple. So... That's just a little bit of background to give you some context. One more thing. There's a riot at the end of this chapter. We get to a riot. And the Romans allowed a lot of different gatherings of different kinds of people. But one thing they did not allow was rioting. They squashed rioting very quickly. It was a a big deal. So that kind of explains something about that last story. So it's a long chapter. So let's dive right in. It starts by saying, While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions and came to Ephesus. He found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they told him. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Into what then were you baptized, he asked them. Into John's baptism, they replied. Well, Paul said John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one who would come after him, and that is Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began to speak in tongues and to prophesy. Now there were about 12 men in all. All right, let's break there really quickly. We prayed through this verse in the beginning or this series of verses in the beginning, but let's just, let's just do a short one here. Father, as Paul's traveling And he's speaking to people that he meets and he's asking them questions about their faith and then responding from exactly where they are. And I I ask that you would help us model that in our conversations with people, that we would meet people where they are and that we would share the good news in the context of filling in the gaps of their understanding. He wasn't telling them they were wrong. He wasn't telling them. Yeah, he just wasn't criticizing. He was helping fill in the gaps, and as he spoke to people and they understood and were given the picture, the whole picture, they believed and were baptized. So, grow your church through our conversations. Grow your church through our conversations with people and help us to speak to them in a way that they understand and meet them where they are. All right. Scripture goes on to say, Paul entered the synagogue, as he usually did, and spoke boldly over a period of three months, arguing and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became hardened and would not believe, slandering the way in front of the crowd, he withdrew from them, taking the disciples and conducting discussions every day in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all the residents of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. Let's stop there. Once again, Paul meets the Greek people where they are. They were used to philosophers and teachers teaching things. And so he approached them in that way. When he came into this building in the middle of the day, time of rest in the heat, it was the perfect time for people to listen to him talk about Jesus. And so that's what he did. He went to a time and place where people were receptive, where they would be available to listen. And so as we're walking through our life and we find that our conversations about Christ or our, our personal witness, whether it's words or action, is completely rejected. Then help us to find a new way. Help us to see other people around us and turn to where we are uh, giving your message, where it's received. Give us the discernment to hear your voice and know where to go next. All right, so then it goes on. The verses go on to say, God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hands so that even face cloths or aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. Now, some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists also attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I command you by the Jesus that Paul preaches, seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest, We're doing this. The evil spirit answered them and said, I know Jesus and I recognize Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all, prevailed against them so that they ran out of that house naked and wounded. When this became known to everyone who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, they became afraid and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high esteem. And many who had become believers came confessing and disclosing their practices, while many of those who had practiced magic collected their books and burned them in front of everyone. So they calculated their value and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. In this way, the word of the Lord spread and prevailed. Let's pray through that. Father, first, I want to ask that we would be so Close to you, that our relationship would be so rich, so intimate, that the evil spirits would also know of us. Certainly, they know and recognize the authority of Jesus. Let us, by our association, our close association with Jesus, also be known to them. Not just for some kind of weird status or ability. But because we are so close in relationship with you, that's the prize. It's not, the, it's not anything having to do with the spirits, but it's just an indication of the closeness and intimacy of our relationship, and that's the prize, knowing you and experiencing relationship with you. And Father, I, in, in thinking about this pattern here, miracles were being done. Absolute amazing things were being done by your Spirit through Paul. Pray that we would see your power displayed in our world in big and small ways as well. But I also think the pattern of the Ephesians in this situation was interesting, that they saw your power, recognized your power, experienced a healthy fear of the Lord and were drawn to repentance so that they came and burned all of their, their magic books and their scrolls. Father, that's revival. When people are experiencing the fear of the Lord and you in your power and are repentant and act on that repentance, and I pray that you would bring that everywhere that your people are, that we would experience your power and re- respond in repentance, and that that would become a fire of revival in our world. Going on, we get to the riot. The verses say, After these events, Paul resolved by the Spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem. After I've been there, he said, it is necessary for me to see Rome as well. After sending to Macedonia two of those who assisted him, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time, there was a major disturbance about the way. For a person named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, provided a great deal of business for the craftsmen. When he had assembled them, as well as the workers engaged in this type of business, he said, men, you know that our prosperity is derived from this business. You see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this man, Paul, has persuaded and misled a considerable number of people by saying that gods made by hands are not gods. Not only do we run a risk that our business may be discredited, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be despised and her magnificence come to the verge of ruin, the very one all of Asia in the world worship. When they had heard this, they were filled with rage and began to cry out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. So the city was filled with confusion, and they rushed all together into the amphitheater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's traveling companions. Although Paul wanted to go in before the people, the disciples did not let him. Even some of the provincial officials of Asia, who were his friends, sent word to him, pleading with him, Do not venture into the amphitheater. Some were shouting one thing and some another because the assembly was in confusion, and most of them did not know why they had come together. Some Jews in the crowd gave instructions to Alexander after they pushed him to the front. Motioning with his hand, Alexander wanted to make his defense to the people, but when they recognized that he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison for about two hours, "'Great is Artemis of the Ephesians.'" When the city clerk had calmed the crowd down, he said, "'People of Ephesus, what person is there "'who doesn't know that the city of the Ephesians "'is the temple guardian of the great Artemis "'and of the image that fell from heaven? "'Therefore, since these things are undeniable, "'you must keep calm and not do anything rash, "'for you have brought these men here "'who are not temple robbers or blasphemers of our goddess. "'So if Demetrius and the craftsmen who are with him "'have a case against anyone, the courts are in session.' and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you seek anything further, it must be decided in a legal assembly. In fact, we run a risk of being charged with rioting for what happened today, since there is no justification that we can give as a reason for this disturbance. After saying this, he dismissed the assembly. All right, that's a long story. There's a lot of stuff in there. So let's pray through that portion. Father, first, I want to pray about the whole the whole beginning of of riots the the beginning of uproar that that goes throughout a population in this case it was backroom backstabbing it was one man recognizing that his livelihood his finances were at stake his industry was at stake and the greatness of their city What they were known for, their way of life was at stake if Paul's teachings became well accepted. And while maybe his primary motivation was the loss of his finances, what he really was riling people up about was that someone had dissed their goddess, that someone was saying things about their goddess that was offensive, was detrimental to her worship. This riled the people up. This got them really emotional. And so often when we look at riots and mobs, they don't even know why they're there. They're caught up in the emotion of the thing, and they are ruled by that emotion, and they aren't seeing the real motivations. In this case, they were riled up about about their goddess and proclaiming the greatness of their goddess. And while they may have been true believers... In that, the point of the crowd was to get these guys out of town and get them in trouble who were impacting their pocketbooks. And so as we think about participating, getting wrapped up in emotional things together as a group and groupthink and mob think happens, I pray that you would give us wisdom or when and how we participate in emotionally charged groups. And I also think it's interesting. And I acknowledge your part that can be played is this is a a mob that yelled for two hours straight and somehow a county is actually like the CEO of the city could calm them down with a few words. And I pray that as we find ourselves in emotionally charged situations, that Father, you would provide people, provide situations, provide things that allows wisdom to prevail. And I'm not really, I, I'm absolutely not making any judgment on motivations or reasons. I am just looking at the human propensity to get all wrapped up in emotional and emotional in things that we don't even know what the real issue is. And I pray that we would not be those people, that we would be wise in handling our participation and our emotional reactions. That's probably it. And that's not only on a macro mob kind of scale, but even in our day-to-day, that we would be wise in handling our emotional reactions to things, that we'd recognize real motives, that you would give us discernment on how we are to walk through situations that are emotionally charged, whether that's in a relationship or in a mob. And as always, I pray that your name is glorified. Amen. That's it. That is a long chapter. But we got through that so thank you so much for joining me today i so appreciate you being in here with me whether you're here live or on the replay if you're watching on the grace and the gravel road facebook page we do this every monday and wednesday so we'll be back again on monday with chapter 20 of acts we've got i think six i think there's 26 chapters in acts six more to go so about three more weeks in acts If you're a podcast listener, I thank you for subscribing to the show and sharing it with someone that you think would like to pray with us. We are brought to you by Grace in the Gravel Road, helping Christian women grow a God-first life and business. And my heart is that as we do this together, as we pray a couple times a week together, that we all grow in our prayer lives and that God will use this time to direct your heart as He uses it to direct mine. But most of all, number one thing, I pray that you'll fall deeper in love with the God who gave us these words that we are speaking through, amen.